Love can be exhilarating and wonderful, but it can also be painful and complicated. Join clinical psychologist and best-selling author, Dr. David Hawkins, as he reveals the truth about the good, the bad, and the ugly aspects of relationships. Listen in as he gives you practical tips for hope and healing. Welcome to the podcast, Mad in Love. Welcome to another podcast of Mad in Love. Hello, I'm your host, Dr. David Hawkins, and we have an exciting podcast for you. We have a, an esteemed guest here, Dr. Robert Burby, who has been a colleague of mine for a long, long time, though we hadn't met before, <laughs> but that doesn't mean we're not, we haven't been colleagues. We've uh, been colleagues. That's an we honor. just didn't know we were colleagues. And you are in the same line of work that I am. And you have written some things, mm -hmm. one book in particular. Well, actually, I want you to talk about where you're from. You're from sure, Hope sure. Restored. Yes. And why don't you tell us, tell us a little bit about yourself, yeah, and yeah. Uh, thank you for, for being a guest yeah, of ours. Yeah, I am with Focus on the Family as a program called, called Hope Restored. And Hope Restored is an intensive marital therapy program. We have three types of marital intensives. Uh, uh, one is a group experience with five couples, two therapists over four days. We work all day long yep, for yep. four days with uh, five couples. And then another experience is a two and a half day, one couple experience with mm. two therapists, uh, work all day, two days, and then a half day. And then we have a third program that is a five-day, one-couple experience, three full days and two half days. How, Dr. Burby, how, this, I love this stuff, by the yeah, way. I, yeah. I, this, is, this is my heart beats for this kind of sure, stuff. We, sure. we, we do this as well. But how long have you been doing that kind of intensive Well, my colleague, work? friend, and boss, Robert Paul, Bob Paul. I know him. I yeah. know him. Uh, Bob and I were colleagues, gee, 24 years ago oh. at Evangel University. Do, do you like saying that? Sometimes I do, sometimes <laughs> I don't, but anyway. Right, yeah. Yeah, and uh, we got Bob first, and then I, uh, pretty soon after, got uh, involved with Gary Smalley's ministry. I've heard of that Smalley guy, too. Smalley Relationship Center. Sure. And so in that effort, in that ministry, uh, Gary's son, Greg, we started, Bob started doing intensive marital therapy. Yeah. And which uh, was cutting edge at the, it was mm -hmm. still cutting edge. Yeah. I, yeah. I think so. It's still I cutting it. Yep. I mean, it's still, it's not, the, it's not the tried and true. It's right. It's for the chosen few. Right. Uh, if right. I can say it like yeah, that. <laughs> yeah. And so for the last 22 years, Bob and I and a group of therapists, I'm a, a psychologist. A lot of our team are licensed professional counselors, licensed marriage and family therapists, social yeah. workers. We've been developing a way of working with couples in distress that we've now captured and summarized in a book just published, released this last week by uh, Tyndale Publishers titled Restoring Hope, uh, an Integrative Approach to Marital Therapy. So we're now in the process of developing a certification program so that therapists and counselors all over the country can become certified in our way of doing marital therapy. 
it's an approach that developed in doing intensive marital therapy, but it applies and works well in an office setting. And so we hope to build a community of marriage therapists that we can refer our clients after they've been through a hope restored intensive experience. We can refer them to folks throughout the country and folks can refer to us. We now have five locations. Oh my, which can you name them? Yes. Retreat centers. We have a retreat center in Branson. That's the, the, the original retreat center. We have, um, a uh, location in Greenfield, Michigan. Location just this last year, we secured locations in Wimberley, Texas area, Cape Creek, Arizona, and we have been partnering with the Windshape Marriage folks, the Kathy family, yeah. for many, many years, yeah, going yeah. back twenty plus years. And so we uh, work, we partner with them and use their facility on the Barry College campus in Rome, Georgia, just a little ways. Understood. North wow. And then, and then we tr- the focus on the family. Canada has a Hope Restore program as well. We trained their staff, and they have three locations that they're doing intensives as well. Kareth Creek, which is outside Calgary, uh, a location in Manitoba near Winnipeg, and just recently opened a location near Toronto. Wow. Uh, Not counting the Canada folks, we have now, this is, I can't really get my brain around this, we have served over 12,000 couples. Oh, my goodness. Wow. In our program, <clears throat> we serve somewhere in the neighborhood of 23, 2400 couples a year. 2400 couples a year, yes, are coming through our program. My goodness. Yeah. So I can't, it's staggering to me. Yeah, it's, it's, those believe. are staggering numbers. And, but the confidence that people have in you and your program is is amazing yeah yeah and and hope restored is easily accept accessible through the focus on the family website if they call the the counseling ministry of focus on the family 1-800-a-family they'll connect folks to the registration team and and we're registering people every day i mean there's uh yeah literally every month we're in the neighborhood of yeah, 40 to 50 couples a month, sometimes more. Do you, do you have the clinical staff to keep up with that? Yeah, our our clinical staff uh, just in the States is upwards around 60 therapists and okay. counselors okay. Uh, scattered through our five locations in the States. We have an employed team, so they're, at each location there's a group of therapists who that's they're full-time with us. All they do is is intensives and other projects like our research, our um, enrichment programs, training, things like that, uh, aftercare. And then we have a large, probably somewhere in the neighborhood of 60% probably of our therapists are independent contractors yeah. who live in the area that come in, work with us for a week or two and a half Yeah, days. yeah. You just call them up and say, hey, we yep. need to... We've got these couples, and can you step in? Well, and- they actually tell us when they're available, and 
our team is scheduled hmm. about six months in advance. We okay. uh, we have dates and people let our clinical team leadership know when they're available. And and so you're plugged into a slot that you'll be doing uh, an intensive and, and people make provision for that. And yeah. it's a great team. We train the folks when mm. folks become a part of our team. They go through extensive training and focused marital therapy, our particular way of coming alongside couples in distress, which I, is summarized in the book. I'm going to want to hear all about that because that's that's cool. that, again that's where my heart beats. Sure, sure. But to stay on focus here, what yeah. what's the inspiration for the book? Why the book? Was it just because like we're doing this so much, we ought to put it out and we ought to have something well, yeah. that we can hand couples and uh, yeah, that's that's part of it. I, I'd say there are probably three primary motivations. The first is what you just mentioned. I think it's a ethical responsibility. Here's the tool. Look, you can read it ahead of time. You can come and. You already, you'll be in our heads, so to speak. You'll yeah, know what we're well, going to focus on. I mean, we have books for couples who are coming. Bob and Greg Smalley published a book, uh, I think it was two years ago, Nine Lies That Will Destroy Your Marriage and the Truth That Will Save It. And so we sent a copy of that book that's been uh, okay. that's been doing very well. Tyndale also published that. And so all the couples that come to a Hope Restored Intensive get a copy of that book. This new book is a trade book. I mean, it's for counselors and therapists okay. on how to do this way of doing therapy. And I think we, you know, we've enjoyed the research that we've been able to do over the years. Yeah, for more than 12 years now, our research outcome surveys consistently indicate that 80% of the couples who come through one of our programs are still together two years afterwards. Wonderful. And uh, if, as you may know, uh, doing some intensive marital therapy, uh, when folks set aside several days to really focus on their marriage, they're usually pretty desperate. Like, it's not unusual for the folks that come to our program. They've already started divorce proceedings. Yeah, yeah. They've been separated for months. This is their last stop. Many of them... Uh, have um, mental health issues like depression, anxiety, trauma issues, just a host of things that are complicating their ability to establish and enjoy all the blessing and fullness that God really intends for us Mm. in marriage. And so for us to kind of consistently have this, this kind of response to the experience for couples 80% or more, depending on the study you look at, are still together two years later is very encouraging to us. Uh, What most people don't really, even some mental health professionals, haven't looked, the data on response to family couples therapy is really pretty positive. I think uh, one study several years ago Mm. uh, found that maybe as much as 70 to 75% of folks who actually go to marital therapy, go to family therapy, report having benefit from it. So that, I mean, I mean, in medicine, so, if you had a 75% chance of being better by following a certain procedure, most people are going to take I, I might throw a little cold water on this, uh, Dr. Burby, <laughs> actually. So, so I've been doing this for 40 years. I know I don't look that old, but... No, you don't. But, you don't. but I have. <laughs> And I don't know, I don't know if 80% of the folks that I've done couples counseling with would say, 
Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's the saved our. I have, of course, I have those stories. Right, right. But the, here's the cold water. Couples are complicated. Mm. There are, there are, and I'm, I want you to speak to this. There are, when I do an intensive, like I'm going to uncover an addiction of some kind, for sure. I'm going to uncover pornography, sexual acting out. I'm going to sure. uncover eating disorder. I'm going to uncover alcohol abuse. I'm going to uncover marijuana use. I'm going un to uncover anger issues. I'm going to uncover characterological issues. That's a right. long word, characterological, yes. but you know that Personality word. Disorders. Personality disorders, passive aggressive. And then where my heart beats, you might or might not know this about us, <clears throat> we focus on uh, narcissistic and oh, emotional sure. abuse. Yeah, that's been <clears throat> so an interest of mine for many years. You get some real characters. Oh yes. So oh, yes. tell me the secret sauce, sir. <laughs> I am all ears. What is the unique aspect well, of Hope Restored? Yeah. And yeah. what do you do when you get Jack and Jill? Right. And Jack is a passive aggressive personality. That isn't really a personality, but right. you know what I mean. Yes. And Jill is codependent, and he's been acting anyway. Blah blah. I mean, right. when you yeah. when you kind of pull the layers off and you discover all this stuff, right? Right. Do you have some? Uh, I'm I'm all. What's well, the secret sauce? Well, I would say there are some distinctive things about focused marital therapy. One is in. We're, you know, we're believers. We affirm and embrace the authority of scripture. Yeah. You know, kind of the general tenets yeah. of evangelical Christian theology. Yeah. Uh, that's kind of the core of who we are. But it's not just integrating faith in what we do as therapists and counselors. It's also drawing on this, as you know, this rich tradition of theory and research about how to be helpful to people. And so, um, in my case, in my training as a psychologist, I was, uh, I was heavily influenced uh, by psychodynamic approaches, by the history of family therapy, yeah, yeah. Uh, cognitive behavior yep, approaches. Yep, yep. You know, we now have emotional focus therapy, internal family systems therapy, narrative therapy. Well, we don't try to be... Do you routine... You just said a mouthful. Do you routinely weave in EFT and IF, IFS? Everyone, uh, <laughs> he quoted uh, internal family systems, well, Dr. Dr. Richard Schwartz and well, uh, we have Dr. A, Sue Johnson. And Right, right. I mean, we have a diverse team, and all of those folks have got, they've their, got their, their specific training, their bent. continuing okay. education. And we have really been dedicated, and this is really a credit to our leader, founder, Bob Paul. Bob has always affirmed and really been passionate about the kind of core group of professionals that are working, that we want our approach to be dynamic. And if somebody learns something that's like, like powerful and meaningful and adds uh, significant insight to being helpful to folks, we we want to find a way to integrate it. Okay. And so we haven't tried to specifically borrow as much. Okay. But more had a real commitment, if you will, to being pragmatic. Really harkens back to the early days of family therapy. That's Salvador the Mnuchin. Right. Uh, Virginia Satir. <laughs> Virginia Satir, lover. Right. All yep. of the, those folks. <clears throat> Yeah. They were not that, if you know the history of family therapy, 
they were not that focused on generating good theory. They weren't even that focused on doing research. They just wanted to find stuff that worked. Yeah, absolutely. So, so when they found uh, really effective therapists like Milton Erickson or Nathan Ackerman, it's like, okay, what is that therapist doing yeah. that impacts people? Well, a similar kind of value has guided us over these 20 years. And so one of the things that I think uh, is distinctive about us is we don't put the emphasis or the focus on intimate connection. When folks come, they often say, I want to be closer to my spouse or I want to communicate better. And we'll say, um, I, we think there's something more important. Mm, wow. And so we put the spotlight on what does it mean to be safe in your marriage? Mm. What does safety look and like? You, th- and this is a huge point in your book. Yes. Safety. Yep. Yep. And of course, most couples that come to marital therapy, when they hear that reference to safety, they're thinking about physical safety. Yeah. And so we do education about, no, yes, physical safety, of course, but we're also talking about mental safety. Are you free to share your ideas and opinions without fear of reprisal? Yeah. Oh, my. Are you free to be spiritually safe? Can you talk about what the Lord's doing in your life? Can you share mm, mm. with your spouse a kind of spiritual journey together? Yeah. And most importantly, do you feel emotionally safe? Can you mm, very be important. emotionally vulnerable? So we put the target on safety in pretty much all of our interventions, mm. all of our teaching is really aimed at raising someone's confidence mm. about being safe in their relationship. Once safe, then people can be open and vulnerable. How, how do you create, how do you uh, facilitate creating safety? Because yeah, well, all the things I just talked about, addiction, uh, eating disorder, sexual yes. acting out, alcohol, drug, narcissism, emotional, all of those things create a lack of yes, safety. Yes, yeah. So then... Well, a, a big part of it is, first of all, helping people appreciate that feeling threatened, being afraid, yeah. feel, being, being hurt, all sort of triggers reactive patterns and, and so forth. But, but beyond that, in terms of the, what's happening in therapy and the focused marital therapy approach, the relationship between the therapist and those individual spouses, their relationship, we we really work hard in letting that be safe. Mm. So all the research about how a therapeutic alliance, yeah, yeah. A, a working alliance, like we just embrace that, amplify. So we we tell folks pretty upfront, you're in charge of your own participation. It's not my job to change you. It's my opportunity, my privilege mm. to be here with you. Okay. And if I can contribute in some way to mm. support you where you want to go to have the yeah. kind of marriage you want to have, then I want to do that. And so if people throw up resistance, we respect that. We, we actually affirm and encourage people to have good boundaries because boundaries is as you know, yeah. will raise someone's confidence of being safe. Yeah, yeah. If someone doesn't feel like they can protect themselves or get 
the necessary space to be safe, they're going to be all locked up, closed up. There's not going to be any connection happening. Yeah. So, uh, so that emphasis on safety is a big part of that. And that sort of leads to another distinctive of our approach. We probably treat the individual spouses as much as we do the relationship, maybe in some ways more. Okay. So there's a, there's a heavy emphasis in our approach on personal health and integrity. I love that. Yeah. yeah. And so when someone shows up, they've got to, well, it, we screen folks ahead of time. And if there's the evidence that they've got a, a working, an active addiction, we'll recommend that they get at least get started in treatment, if not finish some course of treatment for that addiction before mm. they start an intensive. As you know, if, if someone's yeah, if yeah, no, not no, really sober, no, you you're not going to really make no, any progress in no, relationship therapy. So, but when things cert- like trauma, we'll lean in and we'll do trauma interventions with individuals, not to the same extent, obviously, as would happen in an office practice where you have the yeah. advantage of working with someone over weeks and months, but in the sense of your story matters. Like, oh, I'm so sorry that that happened to you. Yeah. Can we understand how that's impacting Hmm. what it's like for you as a husband, as a wife? What do you see the effect of that being? What do you want to do Hmm. with that now? So might you do individual therapy during this uh, three-day or five-day intensive? Well, someone watching from the outside would see a, a very significant focus and attention to individuals, but it's in the presence of their spouse. Okay. And there's re- kind of uh, continuous going back and forth of focus on the individual. How's, how's it in- impacting the, the relationship? And-, and it happens in the context of the group. The group intensive experience is, uh, I'm just so enthusiastic yeah. and passionate about what happens there. People find out that they're not alone. Yeah, yeah. They experience the care. You know, uh, as hard as we've worked to develop this approach to helping couples in distress, I have to tell you that at the end of four days in a group marriage intensive. They're hugging each other and crying. And, and they will often say that the most meaningful thing that happened was what somebody else in the group said. Yep. Their connection with another couple, mm. another another husband, another wife. And uh, it's just a beautiful thing to be a witness to. Yeah, I bet it is. And that, I, you know, our approach is, is helps create an environment where that can happen. And it's just fascinating to me. I don't think it's, it's not, <laughs> to be real honest, I don't think it's, our this our organized approach as much as it is the presence of the Holy Spirit the well the willingness of human beings and to, when you you have as many couples coming through as you do you're learning you've got iterations yes. yeah you can debrief and go yeah. oh that one that well, week we yeah. always work in co-therapy teams that that week yeah. went better than last week why did it go better yeah. why the couples yeah. this week really what was it that was different? Yeah, and yeah. yeah, so I'm. I always have a co-therapist. Um, yeah, typically one therapist may be a bit more experienced than the other therapist. Okay, but it's co-therapy teams, and in the morning before the day starts, on breaks at lunchtime, 
I and that co-therapist, we're processing like, what's going on? What are you seeing? How did that go? Why didn't that go better? Or, you know, where do you, where do you think we ought to go this afternoon? I mean, mm-hmm. there's lots of that collegial yeah. teamsmanship that I think is, that's one of the powerful elements of Hope Restored. We're confident that even in a solo office practice where it may not be practical to do co-therapy, the approach still will have a... So do you you have a standard approach? I mean, is there a... Yep, that's what the book's about. Kind of a curriculum almost? Uh, Yep, yep. Here's here's another distinctive, I think, of our approach, is we integrate psychoeducation with therapeutic processing. So... As, as I know you probably mm. appreciate, a lot of folks are struggling in their marriage because they don't know any better. Like they've got really bad notions and ideas and narratives that they're carrying in their head about what it means to be a husband. They're in each other's be. heads. They're violating boundaries right and left. They don't really have boundaries. Yeah. So uh, we really are invested in educating people about what does a healthy marriage look like? We show them a diagram of this is what a healthy marriage look mm. looks like. And the diagram has a clear boundary around each spouse and an interactive space in the middle. That it's all surrounded by the marriage covenant, mm. and there's relationship with God for both spouses and mm. the relationship, the marriage itself, pursuing a relationship with God. And then we teach them what does. What does good self-care look like? Mm. What does it mean to be a healthy person? What does it mean to be a person of integrity? Yeah. What does good communication look like? And we give them a tool for solving problems and making decisions. So these are like teaching elements. And ideally, when it's working at its best, we're like seamlessly weaving between teaching a principle or a tool, how to use that tool, and how does that land on you? How does Mm. that feel? Yeah, yeah. What would it mean if you were to, like one of our core principles is something we call a no-losers policy, that, that in marriage, husband and wife wear the same jersey. And we recommend that if I win, then we lose type of deal. It's exactly either we both win or we both lose. We both lose. There's no other outcome. Yeah. 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 And so then that's sort of the concept, but then the therapeutic processing comes with. So what would that ask of you? Mm. Like if you were to operate. Okay. Yeah. If I decided to change that in my marriage, what would it look like? Yeah. How does that feel? Is that scary at all? Tell me more about that. And so that psychoeducation weaves, supports the therapeutic processing. We are decidedly and philosophically, culture-wise, committed to therapeutic processing as a priority over information, psychoeducation. And there are even some intensive, depending on what the couple presents, where some of our core concepts we don't even get to. Some of our tools we don't get to because we you were just you were in the therapy. moment. You were doing your we're doing therapy. connecting with a couple. Yeah. So yep. that that commitment, there's kind of a healthy tension there because some therapists really want to rely on teaching and and we challenge our teams. Yeah, the teaching's important, but that's secondary to this couple experiencing you caring about them, mm-hmm. experiencing that their their concerns, their issues mm. are being heard, attended to, processed. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that kind of mixture of psychoeducation and therapeutic processing is another distinctive of our approach. What would you speak to the the idea of an intensive versus the once a week? Oh yeah, couples counseling yeah. and the distinction between the two. And yeah. uh, a lot of folks have tried the one hour a week counseling and. Just I, you, you've heard it. The stories are, you know, we go in once a week, and you know, we get the bandaid ripped off, and then we're bleeding, and then it's time to go. Then the therapist <laughs> says, "Time to go," and you know, we leave, and we really haven't practiced new skills. Yeah. We're uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I think uh, as a team, as a culture, we really see ourselves not as an alternative. To office therapy, mm. but more as an adjunct. Uh, I think a medical analogy applies. You know, if you go see your primary health care provider and you've got some issue that, yeah, you maybe need surgery or you need some kind of physical therapy, medical doctors don't hesitate to refer to a specialist. So a specialist or maybe even go into the Mayo Clinic if it's, if it's a big deal, like it's yeah. not a failure of the community-based stuff, but hey, you need the Mayo Clinic. Right. So we sort of see ourselves as that surgeon. Even, uh, I don't Yeah, Mayo Clinic is, is, uh, is a high aspiration there. But, but yeah, that, you know, you as a local therapist, you're stuck. You, you recognize this couple needs some kind of intensive intervention to get things going. So we're able to make a lot of progress in a short amount of time, send them back to you for, and you continue the work every other week, weekly, monthly, whatever the mm. process is. And the experience with us is, is mm -hmm. more surgical. It's more okay. intensive intervention to kind of get whatever the, uh, whatever the impasse is to kind of get that loosened up. I don't like to think of our Hope Restored program as an alternative to gotcha. office therapy. Yeah, it's, it's good. Because there, I did a lot of out-of-office therapy for many years in my career before I began doing intensives. I love doing intensives. That's the only kind of therapy I do now, has been for many, many years. But mm. there's stuff that happens that gets mm. tracked, monitored, and nurtured over the course of time. We can't replicate that in an intensive. By the same token, there's a depth and an intensity of intervention that it can occur over a few days that probably can't really be accomplished in even an hour and a half every week or every other week. Office I'm going to stick my neck out again, Doctor Bruby. Oh. You know that. <clears throat> so you know that my specialty is. Uh, narcissistic and emotional abuse. Mm -hmm. And the rule of thumb, and I'm just going to say the rule of thumb because I don't know that it is, I'm not going to say it is the way, mm -hmm. but the rule of thumb out there and victims of narcissistic abuse say it, actually tell it to me. They say couples counseling is not recommended because there's a power differential. Right. There's a, uh, one individual has been burdened by the other, they've been right. dominated by the other, they've been dismissed by the other, and there is a woundedness that's happened, and there's a lack of ownership. 
right that's happened and so so there's uh so in traditional couples counseling it is uh it's a two-way street you know it takes two to tango mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. victims of abuse would say it doesn't take two to tango always there's one there's one that's creating more mm-hmm. of the uproar you must bump into oh, that song. yeah 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 all the time routinely what then how do you how, how well, do you how does your model account for mm-hmm. what if there's a an individual who is really really dysregulated emotionally they just don't you know using uh the folks that watch our podcast know about dbt work dialectical right, behavior right. therapy mm-hmm. work and the importance of emotion regulation right the importance of mindfulness all those tools mm-hmm. that that um Marsha Linehan, Dr. Linehan created, mm-hmm. you know about her. Right. What do you do when you bump into someone who is really, right? let's call it, uh, emotionally abusive? And yes. you, you can see that he has had a pattern of uh, the abuse of power and control mm-hmm. and dominance and mm-hmm. stifling and dismissing mm-hmm. her. Yeah. Um, well, I, I can't. I probably shouldn't speak for every member of our therapist team, but in training, we really encourage and challenge our therapists to be active and interrupting abusive patterns, Mm. calling them for what they are, Mm. holding the person who is behaving abusively, holding them accountable. At the same time, coming alongside Mm. someone who feels wounded, injured, oppressed, on discovering their personal power mm. and how to exercise their personal power. Mm, yeah. uh, in our Restoring Hope and Integrative Approach to Marital Therapy, we have a whole chapter devoted to managing abusive dynamics. Oh my, uh, okay. And that uh, sometimes the best intervention, as as I'm, I'm thinking you're aware of, sometimes the best intervention is a therapeutic separation. It, 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 absolutely. We just talked about that in... Yeah. Some yeah. of our uh, teachings yeah. and, and our and interventions. For yeah. us, it revolves around again that conversation of safety. Like, mm. and what's uh, what I have found to be uh, to be really powerful is the person who who maybe carries the label of the perpetrator is finding ways to find co- empathic connection to their injury to where their injury is. Mm. Um, I'm sure you're aware that uh, narcissistic personalities often have some history of either indulgence, neglect, uh, uh, suffering abuse. Sure. That the, the narcissistic pattern, the narcissistic worldview and all the stuff that goes into diagnosing narcissistic personality disorder is around trying to deal with that injury. So it's been fascinating to watch when someone who uses control, which is ultimately the aim of all abuse, right, is to gain greater control because they're scared, because they're hurt. And so when a therapist, like one of our team, when a therapist, a focused marriage therapist identifies, buddy, you're scared. You're not fooling me. You're carrying a truckload of hurt. Yeah. And um, I don't know if anybody has really noticed that about you, but I do, and I care about it. And I'd like to 
help you find a way to find some. And he's creating more harm by the way that he's coping. Look, you're you're pushing her away, and she's going to leave you, and you're going to end up being the very thing you fear. You're ensuring you're going to be really, really hurting. Yeah, you think you're hurting now? You're going to hurt. So the so Mm. the emphasis on safety, Mm. right? Sort of sort of creates this conversation, whether it's reacting to someone who's being controlling, Mm. abusive, or the controller abusive is like, this is all about you don't feel safe. And you somehow have told yourself, if you can control your spouse, then you'll, they'll feel safe. It's not, I mean, uh, play Dr. Phil, how's that working for you? (laughs) And there's a different way. And I can, I can point that out to you if you're open to it. Mm. And so the conversation about safety Mm. once people understand how critical safety is their awareness of their own behavior and how it makes it unsafe not just for their spouse but for their for themselves yeah do you teach them this is fascinating do you teach each person how to create safety for themselves first do you also teach them how to help create safety for your mate like yeah, like it's yeah. not your responsibility, right. but yeah, you so we, could do something very loving here. Yes, yes, we will use the metaphor of the human heart. The human heart, we like to say, is indescribably valuable and terribly vulnerable. Yeah, and Proverbs four twenty three is a signature verse that kind of gets referenced. Guard your often. heart. Is that guard your heart for it's a wellspring of life? Right, right. Didn't so that, I've got yeah. I've got a responsibility. God expects me as a grown-up to guard my heart, to nurture my heart. And I can contribute to safety by the ways in which I acknowledge my spouse's heart is valuable and terribly vulnerable. Mm. And they start to, oh my word, I've not, I've done all this stuff to injure them, to injure their heart. And so when they get it, while things start happening pretty rapidly, and it's, uh, mm. it, it, you know, I I know you can appreciate. It's so rewarding when folks start to get it, and the change momentum start kind of takes on uh, an energy, a power of its. Do they get excited about? I can help my mate here. I can help oh, yeah. you. I can help yeah. my mate. I can. Yeah. Right. And like, for example, for the person who might be in the position of feeling Mm -hmm. oppressed or controlled, even abused, when they start to understand that it's a loving thing to have a strong boundary. Mm, Yeah. When you put up a strong boundary, when you create distance from that abusive behavior, you're, you're not, you're not giving occasion for that injury, not just to happen Mm. to you, but because I will say to someone, when you injure your spouse, you injure yourself. Yeah, yeah. Right? And so... In fact, uh, we're either winners or we're losers here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, and, and so a spouse who, who finds that personal power and begins to exercise it, maybe that means, a se- again, maybe that means a separation. Maybe that means some individual therapy for a period of time. Whatever that looks like... Hmm. The uh, Bob Paul is famous for saying the well-being 
of the individual is in the best interest of everyone concerned. Mm, the well-being of an there's individual. A, there's a bumper sticker for you. There it is. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, Dr. Burby, I just, we could go on talking this is fun. about I, all this for I, a long, I, long time. Yeah, but, I've enjoyed it. So your, your book, again, Restoring Hope, an Integrative Approach to Marital Therapy, I got to get it. Just I, released by Tyndale. I got to get it myself. It's here at the AACC conference. I will go check it out. So anyway, all right. I, I really, really oh, appreciate you, you coming honor, on our really. podcast. And uh, everyone, if uh, this has been helpful information, this is uh, the program is Hope Restored. The book is Hope Restored. Right. And the, the pro program at Focus on the Family is titled Hope Restored. Hope Restored as well. So who doesn't need some hope, huh? Mm. And relationships are complicated. And so if you want more information, how, how do folks reach you? Uh, focus on the family website, the 1-800-A-FAMILY phone number. Um, easy, yeah, easy yeah. peasy. Yeah, yeah. A couple of steps, but they can get to us. All right, all right. And we thank you for your participation in our podcast, Mad in Love. And we hope that you have appreciated what we've offered here today. And if you uh, want more information about us, the Marriage Recovery Center, you go to www.marriagerecoverycenter.com and give us a five-star liking and tune in to the future podcasts where we're going to have even more exciting, well, not more exciting, but have other exciting guests oh, and yeah. other exciting topics. All right. Take care and God bless.